This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world and in the UAE. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the 1st of February 2021. It did feel like January was a whole year of itself, to be quite honest. I was going to say the same. It feels like 2021 has just begun, to be honest. And I hope you're all having a blessed afternoon, feeling productive at the beginning of this month. But lots and lots is in store right here on the show because we're going to be telling you all about what's happening in the tech world in Sharjah and around the world, starting with the Sharjah Research, Technology and Innovation Park. They are presenting a cutting-edge artificial intelligence solution for those who are interested in psychology. And it has a lot to do with horse riding. It's a very interesting mix that we're going to be talking about today. Yes, we're also talking about Facebook and how they're going to test letting advertisers avoid topics, which is a crazy thing that Facebook is trying to do. Now we're looking at Facebook trying to kind of find a... Uh, trying to pass the obstacle that soon Apple and a lot of EU commissioners are trying to pose sanctions on them as uh, they do have a problem with privacy. We're definitely looking at a very interesting couple of months coming up. But right here on the show where Apple is making headlines as well because they are planning to introduce an optical in-display fingerprint sensor. I feel like gone are the days when we were using touch or fingerprint ID. Yes, I do. I do think the thing as well. But some people are opting for fingerprint uh, <laughs> displays mostly mostly because of the face mask and how a lot of people are having trouble yeah. face ba- with, with using face masks on their iPhone. But WhatsApp is also using status mes- messages, its version of stories to try to reassure users about privacy. We're also going to be talking about Virgin Hyperloop and the brand new concept video that they have introduced to showcase the future passenger experience. A lot of people are excited for the Hyperloop and others just feel like it's going to be a long time until we see it come to life. Which On which side are you? Make sure you share your thoughts with us at 4215. Do it to But keep Pulse 95 locked because we're going to be right back. Pulse 95. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Sharjah has always been a hub for innovation, but today we're talking about technology and psychology merging into one because the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park just launched a brand new concept where you can actually use AI and horse riding to learn more about how we think as human beings and how we deal with certain circumstances and situations. And the company behind all of this is called Virtual R&D. Yes, it is a Spanish Spanish company operating at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park and has developed a cutting-edge application for psychology and it is specialized in the development of AI application for psychology called Inquine Therapy or Equine Assisted Therapy. Yes. And this is a treatment that uses horse and includes equine activities to promote a holistic mental, physical, and emotional therapy of people experiencing mental health problems, which do include defect disorder, autism, anxiety, demetia, uh, depression, motor and development delay, genetic syndromes, traumatic brain injuries, as well as behavioral and abuse issues. Now, looking at horses, they've had a huge role in our lives for decades now. And actually, therapy using horses dates back to the times when they were actually being used for therapeutic grinding in ancient Greece. Now, this treatment is using artificial intelligence to help enhance the therapeutic benefits. And we actually had a chance to interview the founder of this technology, Yukon 
catch that interview on our podcast, SoundCloud at Future Talk 95, and on YouTube on Pulse 95 Radio. But according to the CEO of the park, Mr. Hussain Al Mahmoudi, equine therapy is actually being used to help every single individual, not just those who suffer from mental illnesses, build their self confidence as well as develop their communication skills, learning how to trust and how to control our emotions. Yes, now the idea is to develop an emotional connection between humans and horses and such behaviors will then transform into social and responsive behavior. So obviously we're looking at that some of these people, they do have kind of trouble communicating with humans. Yes. So the next best thing to do is either communicate them with dogs, which we see as the traditional communicating with them with dogs or going to horses as we're seeing here at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park. Now, it is not just about riding the horses. It can also involve feeling or touching the horse. Now, the therapist will set goals for that person, like putting the horse at a designated area, putting a saddle or even strapping a rhine on the horse. And the person will then describe how he or she completed the task to that therapist. Yes, indeed. Now, that person who is actually interacting with the horse, they will have certain sensors and wearables that they are wearing to help track their brain signals. And the way they deal with the horse will allow the therapist to find out more about how they actually deal with their own emotional struggles or even how they communicate with humans in general. So this session will help every person doing it become more aware of his or her environment and it will help them rediscover themselves since we all know, you know, even though it's just a lot of the times we think mental therapy or mental illnesses are subjected to certain people, every single person could learn more about himself or herself. Now, we do know that animals in general uh, play a big role in spiritual and emotional support, uh, whether it's dogs or horses. Now, we're looking at the bigger bigger place, which is dogs right now. Now, a lot of dogs are used around the world either to help the the blind or even some of them are used to treat uh, those uh, syndromes where all of a sudden you start having twitching i forgot the name of it parkinson's parkinson's disease i not not parkinson's if you have a uh, epilepsy. epilepsy yes mm. if you have that and a dog will there be there to help you and guide you and sometimes we've seen that dogs do save lives so we're communicating and using ai with horses as a different type of field to use the emotional support is a whole different ballgame. Yes, indeed. And we all know how important horses are in the UAE's culture and heritage. So let us know your thoughts about this technology and we will be uh, hearing from you about it as well. Coming up on the show, we still have lots and lots in store. We're going to be talking all about Facebook allowing advertisers to avoid certain topics. How will that work? Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Facebook once again. It seems like kind of a trend right here on Future Talk, where we're talking about Facebook every single day. But the thing is that Facebook is coming under fire every single day. So why shouldn't we talk about it? Now, Facebook is going to test letting advertisers avoid topics. Yes, now this does come as there's a massive social network is facing pressure from advertisers. Now, Facebook did say on Friday that it is working on a way to let advertisers avoid having marketing messages appear in feeds alongside content they rather not be associated with. 
Now, a small group of advertisers will soon be testing this new topic exclusion control that is currently being honed by Facebook to make sure that such controls will help every advertiser address the concerns about having their ads appear in the newsfeed next to topics, specific topics that are based on their brand suitability preferences. So let's say you're looking at a clothing company, you know, a clothing ad that you want to attract certain spectrum of people too. You don't want that ad to appear next to, let's say, a coffee, <laughs> a coffee feed or a coffee concept. Because, you know, yes. especially if you open Facebook on the web browser, yes. you'd find the news feed and then you'd find ads on the side. So you want the specific ad to be related to something else. Or a burger shop and next to it is how you should be vegan. Oh, yes. <laughs> because th- there's a lot of problems when we see that that is contradicting and it kind of it hurts the consumer's brain because you have an ad saying go to become vegan because vegan being vegan is better for you. And then the other <laughs> one have this juicy burger with uh, sirloin meat. I don't know what is inside of it. So a lot of advertisers were complaining about this. And we're looking at Facebook. Facebook is under a lot of pressure lately. Now, the internet giant did give the example of a children's toy company being given the option of not having its ads appear along content that falls into a crime and tragedy category. And this move does come with a massive social network. Just like I said, facing pressure from advertisers seeking to avoid toxic content and abusive content on that platform. Because again, uh, look at it as how you have two people talking about something and they're kind of uh, contradicting each other or fighting each other and you're there just watching and now you don't know which side to pick. True. And this product development as well as testing and learning in the news feeds will be happening over the course of 2021. It is a very deep process that will require lots of research and it will definitely require some time for advertisers to get the hang of it. But these new controls are very important whenever we're talking about making those social media platforms a much safer space for children as well as young adults. So they're trying to build them very carefully so that they can protect people's privacy as they help target the advertisements. Now, Facebook does make most of its money from advertising and has been grappling with the curbing the spread of hate and misinformation information at the social network. Now, Facebook has been the head target or the head pacho, as mm-hmm. I like to say, when we're talking about the spread of misinformation. Now, when we're looking at the demographic of Facebook, the demographic does cater to that higher, uh, the, the, the older population or majority of people. And those are kind of more gullible, mm. per se. And uh, they do kind of believe whatever they read online. And we did see this big misinformation from the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic and then towards the 2020 election with Joe Biden and President Donald Trump. And it did even result to, to, to riots at the Capitol in the U.S. So Facebook is being under a lot of pressure when it does come to their content that they post in and the content that is coming as misinformation, whether it's medical or political. Now, we definitely have time to tell if Facebook's new strategy will work just like they hope it would. Let us know your thoughts. Our text lines are open, 4215-DORT-DISALOT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95Radio. Coming up, if you've been struggling with Face ID on your iPhones, Apple is planning on introducing an in-display fingerprint sensor for its iPhone 13 series. So make sure you keep Pulse95 locked because we'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Take this out. Take this out. Pulse 95. You're in the supermarket. You're going through and you need to open up your to-do list or your grocery <laughs> list. So you pull out your phone. 
but you have a mask on. You have to then enter your passcode. Worst moment ever. And you're like, God, <laughs> man, I want my face ID to work. Or sometimes you'll do that that dumb thing and pull down your mask a little bit just so your face ID can kind of comprehend that, hey, it's me. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, Apple has come to the rescue and does have a plan of an optical in-display fingerprint sensor for the iPhone 13 series, which we might see in September of this year. Now, Apple is reportedly planning to launch the iPhone 13 lineup next year, and now a report has claimed that the upcoming series may come with an optical in-display fingerprint sensor as the secondary biometric option along with the Face ID. I like that. So it's not removing the Face ID and putting a fingerprint sensor instead, but rather having both and letting the people choose what they feel most comfortable using. Now, if COVID-19 leaves our lives, I think Face ID will be more than enough. If it's still a part of our lives, then bring that fingerprint sensor in because Apple is trying to also work on some of the features that the Samsung Galaxy S21 has had in its different Note devices and incorporate them within its next generation iPhones. And we've talked about this time and time before. A lot of the time, Samsung would come up with innovative concepts, innovative ideas. They would implement them. Then Apple takes those concepts perfects them and includes them in its brand new devices. Now, many employees, uh, according to a lot of reports, have been say, have said that the company is actually working with optical sensors for the in-screen fingerprint reading, which can be a lot more reliable than the ultrasonic solution that was previously used. Now, Omnia, I like how you said again that uh, Apple looks at the market, sees what a lot of innovative things that they're doing and implements it. Now, we do know that Samsung and a lot of Android devices have been ha- have had that double biometric uh, way with the Face yeah. ID and that fingerprint sensor. And a lot of people has, have been asking Apple for that feature. And now Apple is finally breaking through and might actually give us that feature. Now, in addition, the ultra-wide cameras on the two high-end models will be significantly upgraded from a 1.86-element uh, lens with autofocus and all the current iPhone 12 models are equipped with 2.4 5-element lens and ultra-wide cameras with fixed focus. So we're looking at a different type of lens again because uh, cameras, when it does come to phone, are very important. A lot of people buy phones for that ca- for the camera. And that is one of the selling points I have for when it comes to Apple because I, I don't like Samsung devices or Android devices in general. I don't like the, the camera I don't quality. Like, I don't like the camera quality, even though it'd be like 90 megapixel. It I don't, feels so blurry. <laughs> it feels, feels very blurry. But again, it's not Android or Samsung's fault. It's the fault that a lot of apps can't be compatible with that wide range of Android devices. But according to a Barclays analyst, the iPhone 13 Pro models may feature Wi-Fi 6E. Now, the Wi-Fi 6E does provide Wi-Fi 6 features and capabilities, including higher performance, lower latency, and faster data rates. Now, if you're excited about the iPhone 13 lineup, it's going to be very similar to the iPhone 12 family of phones because we're looking at a 5.4 inch iPhone 13 mini, a 6.1 inch iPhone 13, a 6.1 inch iPhone 13 Pro, and then the 6.7 inch iPhone 13 Pro Max, which would basically be the most expensive and the one with Mm. all of Mm. the features embedded Mm. within it. Now, looking at how they're adding another feature to the fingerprint to the iPhone with that fingerprint sensor, it does come at another factor. Is the price point going to go up? Now, 
we've seen that pricing when it does come to iPhone are skyrocketing yeah. and and actually a, a report uh, by the business insider did actually show that iPhones are at an all-time all-time high when the, when they're talking about price point even during a pandemic Apple made a lot of money because their iPhone I believe uh, the iPhone 12 Pro Max has a starting price of $1,100. So if you do three, like around 4,700 dirhams. Yes, indeed. But they've also been trying to adjust their budgets to also fit those who are budget conscious. So that's yes. why they launched the iPhone SE, which had a lot of the great features that we find in iPhones, but a much pre, at a much cheaper price. So let us know your thoughts. Are you an Android fan or are you an iPhone fan? And, and which phone do you currently own? And how, how would this fingerprint sensor, sensor ID make your life easier 4215 or on our Instagram at Pulse95 Radio we're going to be taking a short break but when we come back we're talking about what what's up this is Pulse95 Pulse95 apps all around what's worth a click and download if you use WhatsApp statuses, then you might have noticed that you have a new friend on the list. It's not your mom, it's not your cousin, it's not your uncle. It is WhatsApp itself because they are trying to use the status messages to create its own version of stories to try and explain the big backlash that they've had about the privacy notifications. So they're trying to use a, a very, you know, an approach that's close to mm. people's hearts, mm. especially those who love WhatsApp and tend to use the statuses. They're using such a platform so that they can reassure us that our privacy is in safe hands. Yes, Facebook-owned messaging app WhatsApp has started posting status messages to users about its commitment to your privacy. The in-app messages were appearing for members on The Verge staff in the U.S. and in the U.K. And some users even reported the status messages, WhatsApp version of Snapchat stories or even Twitter fleets have been appearing in India for quite a while now. And they're here in the UAE yes. as well. And in the UAE, I've actually have gotten them, Omnia, I believe, a week and a half ago. Yes. And I did get a notification, a pop-up came up on WhatsApp saying, hey, listen, if you want to know all about our privacy details, do check out our stories. And right now, on air, <laughs> I'm going to check out what WhatsApp has posted. Well, let's see what they have to say for to explain, <laughs> to explain themselves. I've seen the stories before. They were talking all about that. Our privacy is still going to be safe. WhatsApp does not have any access to your private chats. Neither does it see your video calls in countries where WhatsApp video calls are available or your phone calls. All they'll be doing is basically allowing their business platforms, which is uh, the new features of WhatsApp shopping, to be a bit more targeted towards certain advertisers. So they'll be connecting. They'll be basically in on all the conversation you'll have with small businesses. Yes. They'll be able to listen in on those. There has been a lot of misinformation about the most recent update, which is part of the reason why WhatsApp actually chose to push all of those privacy changes until I think beginning or mid-May. Mm. Now, we're talking about misinformation. Now, it's very ironic that WhatsApp has been the victim of misinformation <laughs> as uh, it is owned by Facebook and Facebook has been giving us a lot of misinformation when it does come to privacy. Now, the messages read, one thing isn't new is our commitment to, to your privacy and a reminder that WhatsApp can't read or listen to your personal conversations and they're end-to-end -end encrypted. Now, the messages are part, of, are part of a larger effort from WhatsApp to dispel misperceptions about an upcoming date to its privacy policy. 
Yes, indeed. The update is meant to explain exactly how businesses that use WhatsApp for their customer service may actually go ahead and store logs yes. of their chats on Facebook servers. Mm. This was highly misunderstood by people who actually thought that private chats will mm. be stored on Facebook's servers. Now, WhatsApp reviewed the changes to business chats back in November. Given Facebook's history of all of its privacy concerns and privacy issues, many users actually felt like WhatsApp is not no longer a safe platform for them to talk to their loved ones. And because of that confusion, rival messaging apps Signal and Telegram have both recently seen a surge in new users. Telegram did say last week that it added the ability for users to even import their chat history from WhatsApp to Telegram, and we talked about it on air yesterday. And also, Signal has added new mainstream chat features like animated stickers and wallpapers to its app. Even uh, Tesla's own Elon Musk <laughs> tweeted, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, use Signal. It is so sad how when one messaging platform, it doesn't, it didn't even fall. It, it kind of tripped a little bit. Every other messaging platform used the chance to go ahead and just have a bite of that yeah. cake. I mean, I mean, it is in kind of what's a fault because they did yeah. not clarify what kind of changes were being done. And uh, all they said was, hey, you have to accept this right now or you're not going to be able to use WhatsApp until said date. So uh, WhatsApp coming out and clarifying to its users that, hey, we're just going to be listening in to your business chats, which are going to be with, for example, Aramex, uh, whatever, D DHL, whatever kind of courier service. And what, or, ki what kind of conversations are you going to have yeah, with those people? <laughs> I mean, you're not really saying any, any, anything much. So uh, what's up? Clarifying is good. And like I said, what's up uh, is going to make a big PR movement to kind of save face. But mm. I don't think uh, what's up is going anywhere. I don't think Telegram or Signal will take over but it just goes to show how one person which is Elon Musk just tweeted use signal it got thousands and thousands of retweets and it made us Omni and I download signal and try it out so if we liked it and we saw probably a big move on signal yeah we probably would have stayed but just like I said uh what's up is not going anywhere it's here to stay but I want to know your guys thoughts 4215 do salat are you still gonna plan on using whatsapp or did you consider going to use signal or even telegram our text lines are open 4215 do salat or sign into our dms at pulse95 radio join the conversation we want to hear your thoughts coming up on the show we're going to be talking about a video that has shaken up the social media platforms virgin hyperloop just unveiled the concept video of the future passenger experience what will that look like keep all 95 locked we'll be right back pulse 95 check this out check this out pulse 95 yes we're talking about virgin hyperloop and house unveiling the concept with a video of future passenger experience. And we've been seeing that this uh, video has been making headlines and a lot of people are going crazy because we do know that Virgin Hyperloop is the future of transportation. I would say a little different. Oh, <laughs> I don't agree. You don't agree. I think that the Hyperloop is too far-fetched. Oops. And I don't think, and they themselves have even said that it would only be a reality possibly, probably in 2030. 2030? Yes. So I feel like it's too far-fetched and I won't believe it until I see it. I see Skypods and I see what the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park is doing. And I think this has a chance more than Hyperloop ever will. Now, the thing is, Omni, you say 2030 as if it's not only nine years away. 
It's still though. Nine years is a, a, a small amount of time. It is a small amount of time, but I'm. We're talking about you know Skypods becoming reality in March. <laughs> yeah, well, Skypods are, but I'm talking about the future of transportation only, and I do believe that Virgin Hyperloop mm. does have that now. Uh, the newly released concept video does take the viewer step by step through a Hyperloop journey from arriving at the portal to boarding the pod. Now, Sultan Ahmed bin Suleiman, who is the group chairman and CEO of DP World and chairman of Virgin Hyperloop, did say that showing the passenger experience of Virgin Hyperloop is a glimpse of the future. Following the success three months ago when people rode in a Hyperloop pod for the first time and they have actually demonstrated the maturity of their technology and I do believe that they are getting closer to commercialization of what will be the first new mass scale transportation made in a century. Yes indeed now it's definitely going to be an extraordinary way to go from point A to point B and this has been the major theme of many transportation technologies that we've been saying. We're no, we're no longer looking at you know, mobility to be uh, just a way of movement, but rather an experience for every person riding it. And Virgin Hyperloop is also making that become a reality. Now, we're looking at a variety of price tickets or variety of ticket prices for every person riding the Hyperloop. So if you're interested in the VIP Hyperloop position mm-hmm. or Hyperloop pods, then you'll go ahead and ride in that. So there's a price for every person that fits every person's need. But also their seats are going to be a lot more comfortable. Safety is a big concern since they are moving at a very high speed. So they do want to make sure that it does not impact mm-hmm. our bodies within the pods themselves. Now, this, this Hyperloop system would be able to transport thousands of passengers per hour, even despite the fact that each vehicle can only carry about 28 passengers. Now, this high throughput is achieved by conveying, where vehicles are being able to travel behind one another in the tube within milliseconds, which will be controlled by Virgin Hyperloop's machine intelligence software. So we're even looking at machine learning and even maybe AI. Now, following their successful passenger testing, Virgin Hyperloop is currently paving the way for the regulation and certification of the Hyperloop systems around the world. And just like Omnia said, the company does aim to achieve safety certification by 2025 with commercial operations such as those in that video beginning of 2030. Lots and lots is in store in the future for Hyperloop, that's for sure. Especially because, just like you mentioned, Hani, a few months ago, they were able to Mm. have the founders, one of the creators behind the Hyperloop, ride it for a good amount of time. And it proved to be safe. So, who knows? Yeah, I mean, looking at the future of Virgin Hyperloop would be amazing. Now, I mean, uh, as as we live here right in the UAE, they did kind of want it from Dubai all the way to Abu Dhabi. 12 minutes, I think. 12 minutes, which is record time. I mean, that's kind of killing that one hour and 30 minutes and imagine going from the uae to saudi arabia i think in just 45 minutes and speaking <laughs> about going uh internationally from regionally uh, per se from uh uae to saudi arabia even Etihad airways is still uh, railways actually mm. is still doing that train where they do want to go through the whole gulf so we're looking at transportation uh kind of becoming bigger and bigger right here in the MENA region which is always good to interconnect us with one another and having uh those borders become slightly just kind of checkpoints yes indeed you can actually catch our interview with the founder of Virgin Hyperloop, Colin Rice, on uh, SoundCloud as well as Apple Podcast under the name Future Talk 95. And you can see what he had to say about the Virgin Hyperloop himself. Mm. But Future Talk is sadly coming to an end. Yes, Future Talk is coming to an end. But the uh, halftime show, the only place to be at three with Omar Dori is commencing in T-minus eight minutes where you're going to know everything that is happening in the sports world or mental health or anything that can give you that kind of physical and mental healthness but 
while I was talking, Omnia, yeah. something came to I mind. Cut your, I cut your train of thought. Yeah, well, something, while I was talking, something came to mind. Yeah. Uh, we do know that a lot of people uh, kind of work in the in the, in the the MENA region. Omnia. Yes. A lot of expats work in the MENA region and in the Khalij in general. So just imagine having uh, kind of that time from someone who lives in Saudi Arabia, uh, they have family in the UAE or Bahrain, uh, Kuwait. And you can work anywhere you, and live somewhere else. Yes, I mean, we're looking at, it's, it's, it's a big jump. So uh, transportation by 2030, if everything goes according to plan, we might look at a whole different era of how we see one another and how people will work with one another. Yes, indeed. Now, we've seen remote working connecting everyone. You know, you could be in a different country, but still do your job yes. from another country. And this is definitely going to be also a reality with Hyperloop. Now, Omnia, I did study at the University of Sharjah, and we had a lot of people from Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, mm-hmm. Bahrain. So, Oman. Oman as well. So just imagine, like, it's a weekend. Oh, I kind of don't know what to do right here in Sharjah. Or they would just miss family, right? They can just jump on that Hyperloop. And I don't know how long it would take, obviously, but just think about that the hour or minute. Definitely faster than a car. Faster than a car and maybe faster than an airplane as well. Yes. I had a friend of mine who was actually living in Oman. She was doing her master's at the American University of Sharjah, and she would drive four to five hours yeah. back and forth just to attend that class physically. I mean, we're so closely interconnected that having a railway system or even that Virgin Hyperloop or even Skypod would be a game changer. Let me know your guys' thoughts, 4215, or on our Instagram, at Pulse95 Radio. Are you excited for the future of transportation? And if you could go anywhere in the Gulf mm-hmm. region within minutes or hours, where would you go and why? Our text lines are open, but ladies and gentlemen, we have to make the way for Amar Dure, the only place to be at 3, T-minus 6 minutes <laughs> and commencing. Yes, indeed. You can catch us again tomorrow, same time, same place, from 2 to 3 p.m. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.